Tone Deaf is the journey of a musical theater nerd, bringing musicals into the life of their musically challenged spouse. The reactions to the musicals are real and mostly unedited. This show is rated explicit for mature content and strong language. Now sit back, relax, and have a laugh. You're listening to Tone Deaf. So, are you ready for this one? Yeah, I'm genuinely excited to see this one. Okay. Welcome to Tone Deaf. Once upon a time, the fuck in the state of Utah... Who the fuck are you? ...lived a theater nerd and their musically challenged spouse... ...would be musical. ...and their dog. Seriously, who are you and how did you get in here? Who let me in because I promised her treats? Weber wrote a side story. I wish... He thought that cobras were in that place. I wish. Hey, Kay. Oh, oh, thank God. Thank you, babe. It, that's a reflex. Sure, babe. You went into like a fugue state or something. Now, now, who the fuck are you? Why, I'm Richard Humor, the most important person here. I'm crucial to telling the story. You can't do this review without me. It's kind of true, babe. We summon Richard Humor a lot. No, we tell dick jokes. But you're becoming cultured, so it's Richard Humor. And you bring me up so much in your show that I figured I would make an appearance and assume my rightful place as the narrator for the show. You, uh, you know what happens to the narrator. Spoilers! Hey, so, uh... Kay prepared this whole thing, and I would rather we just get to it so that I can see the show, because I want to see how they tie Atlantis into Little Red Riding Hood. Oh god, he's hopeless. But he's cute. Well, alright. I, uh, I'll be here when you need me, I guess. Thanks, Richard. Thanks, Dick. Where was I? I, uh, welcome to Tone Deaf, theater nerd, musically challenged spells. Okay, okay, so... Today, we're covering another Stephen Sondheim musical, which Richard decided to insert himself into, as he likes to do. Uh, this week, we're doing Into the Woods, which had music by and lyrics by Stephen Sondheim and a book by James Lapine. Uh, it's kind of based on a book called The Basis of Enchantment by Bruno Bettelheim, which kind of goes into a little Freudian stuff on classic fairy tales, which... You'll get the fairy tales pretty much right away when we get into the show. Um, the show has a narrator, which Richard was foolishly trying to em emulate, and uh, this is traditionally a two-act musical. And I'll get into why I say traditionally in a sec. Okay. So, um, Into the Woods, and I, I want to preface that I'm doing this a little bit differently, doing the uh, cultural impact first just because it kind of ties into stuff and I I wasn't sure how much I could do without spoiling a lot. Fair. Because I don't want to spoil a ton with this show. So um, Into the Woods is one of those shows that has a lot of meaning ascribed to it and with it being released in the 80s what horrific tragedy was occurring during the 80s that musical theater has covered. AIDS crisis? Yes. 
people actually were thinking that it was a parable of sorts for the AIDS crisis. Oh. And it was something that Sondheim acknowledged, but he didn't mean to have be the message, really. Um, I'm going to say a little bit of his words from this really good article. It's uh, from the New York Times in 2002. It's, uh, the article is titer, titled, uh, Spring Theater, Back to the Woods with Darker Lyrics and a Dancing Cow. And it's... <laughs> It's written by Bernard Weinrob, which, again, I highly recommend this article. Um, he I says, hope there's more to come. Oh, my God. <laughs> he says, uh, when Into the Woods first came out, people felt the giant in it was, a sim was symbolic of AIDS. We never meant this to be specific. The trouble with fables is everyone looks for symbolism. And he goes on to say that it's about community responsibility. It's about a group of people who have made little transgressions and have unleashed a force that they have to band together to fight. It's also about parents and the legacy they pass on. It's about honesty, friendship, doing what's right, and no one got arrested. <laughs> oh, I'm glad that we can make light before we actually dive into the show. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... This is also a challenging musical, musically. I've I've heard from you and other people, like, with Sondheim, like, because you, you showed me that one spoof of Into the Woods that was done by uh, uh, Forbidden Broadway. Yes. And their, criti their criticisms of him are basically just, his lyrics are really wordy, and he tries to stuff as much yeah. words into his, uh, his lyrics as possible. Because his show's... The shows don't have really catchy tunes, necessarily. He's not going, oh, let's just have it be, like, with Weber shows, you can get songs stuck in your head really, really easily, even if you're musically challenged. Like, you've been singing Music of the Night for the past week. Challenges. Um, with, with this, with Sondheim, you don't get that as often. Like, you only had... Uh, the Demon Barber of Fleet Street stuck in your head for a little bit. The Ballad of Sweeney Todd. Yeah. But it wasn't as pervasive for you. Well, it, which is true. I mean, even even groups that I like, I have to hear songs, mm -hmm. you know, a dozen times before the lyrics start to cement themselves with me. So mm -hmm. when we watch a show or if I listen to uh, show tunes or something, um, like I... Yeah, I, I still don't get stuff stuck in my head. I, yeah. I would almost say that the reason that Do Re Mi got stuck in my head so bad is because she was teaching <laughs> fucking children. She was teaching children, and my childlike went, brain went, Oh, I can, I can do this. <laughs> so, so, um, this is, with, with his shows, and especially with Into the Woods, it's complex as fuck. Just to perform, like just like the for performance, uh, the way he wrote it, he has ridiculous rhythm in this show because instead of it being more of a lyrical, like the songs being more melodic, as they say in the song, the shows the the song's rhythm goes more like you're speaking rather than like you're singing. So, which is um, really, which that just seems so weird when you're singing. Like, yeah. Like, how do you sing but speak without being William Shatner? Yeah. And so you have to have really talented performers 
in order to do Sondheim shows. Like, it's... Sondheim shows are hard, and this is one of the harder ones. This one and another one that I really like that we're going to do at some point, not this month, because I promised we wouldn't have a theme, um, (laughs) is a funny thing happened on the way to the forum. Um, And that's another show that has a lot of really complex stuff in it. You tell me that, and I just think someone walking up to their computer getting ready to get on a message board (laughs) and something happens a funny thing happened on the way to the forum i got banned (laughs) um he it's also uh he has a a lyrical singing or he he has a where was i going with that good lord i got off of my notes this is why I don't write as complex of scripts because I like to go off script. And then I'm like, <laughs> where the fuck am oh, I? shit, where was I? Fuck me sideways. Okay. Um, so <laughs> so uh, there is there is a motif that plays throughout the musical that you'll probably pick up uh, right away. Um, especially because I've been exposing you to music and musical theater. So you'll be like, oh yeah, I know this motif. I get what they're saying the whole time. Well, I'd be like, man, this should be a less teeth because there's too much mo. no motif (laughs) so um let's talk a little bit about the history now uh the show was first performed in december of 1986 for a 50 performance run at the old globe theater in san diego and this production was in a bit of flux throughout because they were trying to figure out the right tone for the show this was essentially a workshop run. Oh, okay. So almost like uh, Rent. Almost like Rent, except for that Stephen Sondheim lived <laughs> to change things. Um, and here's a fun fact that will be important later. Uh, the Three Little Pigs were originally in the show before they were taken out because there's already so many stories, Stephen. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> so did they take them out and make them part of craft, part of craft services then? God damn. <laughs> that was dark. Well, from what I mean, I've heard, the yeah, show is no, pretty dark. You know, that that would... I, uh... think, I think killing pigs to eat them is the least dark part, probably. Because, I mean... You're, you're not wrong. <laughs> so, one of the best songs in the show, though, was added during this time, the song uh, No One Is Alone. And it was added during the middle of the run. Oh, God, that sounds like a stalker's anthem. No one is alone when we are following them home. Yeah, th- it's very much not a stalker's anthem. It's it's in the second act, which is the notorious... Uh, we'll get into the second act a little bit more in a bit. Um, yeah, no spoilers, Kay. So, uh, this had a few more runs and incarnations before it finally hit Broadway. And, in fact, it was postponed from its October date. Uh, because Sondheim still needed to fine-tune some things. Uh, one of the things that they talk about in another uh, article that I found that I'll talk about a little bit later was a song for the witch that's in the second act, and it's kind of a nice uh, showcase for Bernadette Peters, who just... <laughs> so, Into the Woods opens on Broadway on November 5th, 1987, and it runs until 1989 uh, in September. And uh, the review that I was talking about that I uh, 
would really highly recommend. You can get it from the New York Times archives. Um, it's called A Fairy Tale Musical Grows Up, and it's written by Stephen Holden. And um, it goes into it with more spoilers than I want to tell you here. Um, but the, as they state in the review, they were debating on which second act to do for the show. Because, the, like I said, the second act is a downer. And they were still trying to figure out what they were going to do with the second act. Uh, one of the biggest changes being what happens to the narrator. Oh, so they eventually went with the original San Diego ending for the Broadway run. Uh, and Bernadette Peters ended up having to duck out five weeks into the run because of prior engagements. But she returns for the filming of the musical for the PBS American Playhouse, which is the version we're going to be seeing. And it stars most of the original Broadway cast. So did they keep Dick or cut the Dick? You'll find out what happens to <laughs> Dick. I gotta know what happens to Dick. Um... There also is a U.S. tour in 1988, and that one ran for 10 months. Okay. And then uh, there was a London run in 1980 that adds another song, or er, not 1980, good lord, they're not time traveling. <laughs> it was so popular, they jumped backwards in time. Good god. Uh, 1990, I can read, um, and they add in the song Our Little World, which is between The Witch and Rapunzel, and... What's funny is watching um, watching Tangled, I got serious Into the Woods vibes yeah. with uh, Gothel and Rapunzel. Okay. Like serious Into the Woods vibes. Well, I mean, it's Disney, so they probably, you know. Well, fair, fair. Um, they adapted inspiration. <laughs> and in fact, I'm, I'm trying to remember. I'm pretty sure it's... It's been so long since I've seen Tangled, and I have a little pocket computer that can tell me if my joke that I was about to make actually holds any salt or not. It does not, so I'm pocket not going to... Holy shit, you have a Palm Pilot? Speaking of 1980... Hmm. Just kidding. No me gusta. <laughs> Okay, yeah, no, I, I can't make my joke, but, uh... On a side note, remember when Palm Pilots were hot shit? God. Sorry. <laughs> God. Oh. Oh, well. I I didn't want to remember that time, but now I did. I'm sorry, Kay. It's okay, babe. I'm here for the good times and the bad. The good times, the bad times. I'll be on your side forevermore. Good. That's Friends of four. That's not from the musical. Also, that's just Dionne Warwick. What about wives? What are wives for? They're friends too, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. They're friends with benefits. Friends with long-term benefits. Yeah. I've only had one glass of wine tonight. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Okay. So, um, back to Into the Woods. So, there was a London revival in 1998. And then a Broadway revival starring Vanessa Williams in 2002. Oh, shit. Vanessa Williams. Oh, oh, like the, the athlete Vanessa. No, a different Vanessa Williams? Yeah. Oh, some sort of, wait. Um, shit. I, I meant to have a picture of her so that you could go, it's her! Yeah, because that's how my brain works. Uh, Singer American Williams. Oh, her! Or Vanessa Williams. Jesus. Okay. Yeah, she was Miss America. 
Yeah. She's she's pretty. Yeah. Yeah, she is. Um Oh, fun fact. Guess who returns in this version, this revival? Uh Jesus Christ Superstar? No. Um The Three Little Pigs. Oh, I thought I thought they were eggs and bacon. Well, okay, so they got new three little pigs. Okay. Um, and then a second big, big bad wolf was added to it because so there's got two big bad two wolves. big bad wolves in the revival, and ah. they turn the song "Hello Little Girl" into a duet, which makes it even more Brr. yeah, because they're both like going, "Hey, little Red Riding Hood, come here, come right. follow me." No, come follow me, little girl. Uh. Yeah, that song. I know. I know we're explicit, but I almost made some jokes that I'm not going to make. That song creeps the fuck out of me. Yeah, I can like, imagine. It is one of the only songs in this show that I do not listen to more than once. Like, sometimes when I do a, a listen through, I'll go back and listen to a song a couple of times. Not that song. Yeah, I would imagine that uh, the song is literally a predator's serenade. Yes. Yes. It is creepy as fuck. And it is why, uh, when we get to talking about it, I have been avoiding watching the most recent one. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, Jack's cow is a character in this, so this is in this the, version. The Jack and the Beanstalk cow? Yes, and uh, the cow is actually played by a human instead of a cardboard prop, which is kind of fun. <laughs> I'm just picturing people on stage, Carrie. Come on, Bessie, or whatever. The... It's it's gonna be great. Milky White. Milky White. Which which makes sense later, uh, why it's called Milky White. Because the cow gives milk. That's the reason. Yeah. That's okay. a reason to name the cow Milky White. But um, yeah, so that was one of the biggest changes. Shit, babe, do we need a pause? Nah, I can edit it out. It's probably a package. So, this show has been performed lots of places, and there's even a junior version that, uh, that removes the second act, which, sure, don't let the kiddos end a show with something super fucking depressing. Um, there was, there's also a 2014 version that we'll probably cover someday that didn't have the, all that promising of a review in my mind on Slate. I remember when that came out in theaters. Yeah, it removes important things, and our co-workers' review of it at work made me really glad that we aren't watching that version, because you don't fucking take out the narrator, and you don't take out... Yeah, that just they took out so much stuff. But, um... We'll watch it eventually. I just wanted you to see this version first. Understandable. Hey, there's someone at the door for you? Says it's important? Oh, it's the witch next door. What? Yeah, she can come in. Uh, one sec. Uh, hey, we're recording a show because my husband has no culture. Of course he has no culture. So, what do you wish? It's not what... I wish. It's what you wish. Nothing happening up there. The witch next door wanted to tell them that she had put a spell on their house. What the fuck? Why are you still here? In the past, 
when your father wasn't even a twinkle in your grandfather's eye. Your great-grandfather had the most unusual craving. He took one look at my gorgeous property and decided to power his home with wind, wind, nothing but wind. Gales, tornadoes, microbursts, and hurricanes. He planned the site, but it wasn't right, because I caught him in the winter in my field one night. He was bulldozing, vandalized, digging up my apple trees and plowing up my honeybees. I should have laid a curse on him right then. Could have made him into a frog, or a can, or a hen. <laughs> But I let him dig in the corner. There was nothing there. And I told that Warren that his life I'd spare if he promised to put wind power into my lair. And I'd call it square. I thought that I had been more than reasonable. But how was I to know that his blasted windmill would tank my property values? And when I complained to him about the windmill cancer... All he could do was tell me, buyers beware. He assured me everything was fine, so I laid a little spell on his family line that the third Warren will be uncultured swine. <laughs> so I'm assuming this can be undone. You wish to have the spell undone? Well, then I'll have a little fun. Watch into the woods and let me know. One, who wrote the music for this show? Two, what is the main motif? Three, which actress voiced Rita the cat? Four, tell me which song uses an interval of a rising major second? Fuck that. Besides, if we undo the curse, there literally won't be a show. And this is basically our meal ticket. Babe, we don't make any money with this show. But we have sponsors. Which goes into the upkeep. But babe, are you sure you don't want to maybe get the curse reversed just a little bit? Okay, I don't even remember what an interval is. Fair. Sorry, witch. Uh, maybe the fourth, Warren, you can get that spell reversed? Oh. Oh, sure. I guess. Uh, sorry for uh, bothering you. You can, uh, you can record now. I'll just see myself out, I suppose. But babe, we aren't having kids. I know. I just wanted to fuck with her. So, shall we go watch into the woods? I guess we have no choice. Yay! Hi folks, we wanted to take a quick moment to thank our Patreon sponsors. Thank you to our stage crew sponsors, Jasmine Wu and Reagan, and our producer circle sponsor, Bianucci. Thank you so much for your continued support of our show. We truly appreciate it. Now let's hear a word from one of our favorite shows, History on Blast. Hello, 
and welcome to History on Blast. I'm Hillary, and I'll be your host as we call out history. Every other week, we'll be putting a different person, place, time, or event on blast for the shit that they pulled. This ain't your grandpa's history podcast, so if this sounds like your cup of harbor tea, be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast catcher. And now, the lights are going down and the music is starting back up, so let's hop into the second act of the show. show we will go holy shit their words are fast it was hard to type up notes holy shit you didn't warn me Kay. what the hell is with the show lots of stuff is going on holy crap and what's going on oh people are dead uh <laughs> we have a new winner on tone deaf a theater nerd's guide for their musically challenged spouse mm-hmm. in terms of how many fucking notes i can take in a show yeah uh, this, i was impressed you, i i only had to have you pause the show twice i know i didn't have to have you pause the show the first time until we were almost at the intermission mm-hmm. actually it was at the intermission yeah so i'm impressed you know what tone deaf is helping with your words per minute no it really is i've noticed at work i'm like clackety clack with emails now yeah like send next like this shit's nothing. I have, to, I have to type notes on musicals now. I have to try and keep up with Sondheim. <laughs> God damn it, Sondheim. Maybe we shouldn't do a Sondheim month. <laughs> hey, I don't know. Sprinkle him sparingly. God, my, my poor wrists and fingers just can't handle it. Oh my God. You're terrible, Kay. You're terrible. You're terrible. You don't laugh like that unless it's a sex joke. <laughs> Get your mind out of the gutter, Kay. This is a theater podcast. This is highbrow stuff. And poor Dick, he won't be making an appearance again. No. At least not in this show. No, uh, Warren threw him at the giant that was outside the house. Well, yeah, it was a giant. Were you getting ready to do something? I wasn't. I sure as hell was not. He's like, no, giant, I don't, I don't want to do any of your shit. He's like, hey, Richard, make yourself useful. I figured that, you know, if we ignored the giant, then they would have gone away. That's how it works with everything. Giants are not like house cats. Damn. <laughs> They're more like house flats, okay? <laughs> Too soon. <laughs> so this show... Uh, was really good. Mm. I can see why you were excited to review it. Uh, I am disappointed, though, because there was no hidden city of Atlantis. There was no attempt to even try and find Atlantis. (laughs) All they did was go into the woods and have bad things happen. (laughs) I mean, first good things happen, but then bad things happen. Bad things happen when you go into the woods, is what I've learned from this story. And that's why I don't camp. 
Yeah. Uh, so this show is probably the first one we've done where the name is a little bit more accurate. Well, I mean, Phantom of the Opera. Cats. There's a, there's a phantom in an opera. Cats. It's about cats. Jesus Christ Superstar. It's Jesus Christ. He's a superstar. Uh, yeah, but there's tanks and jet Does planes. He think... So they mm. they don't that doesn't count. They they negate themselves with that. Fair. Sweeney so, Todd was about Sweeney Todd. Well, the Demon Barber of Fleet Street. Nowhere was it if, mentioned about meat pies. If you're British, you know that. Just because I'm of British descent does not mean I know <laughs> shit. <sighs> okay. Okay. I have a shit ton of notes, so we better start going to get through this. <laughs> Into the Woods opens up, as expected, with Act 1, and a bunch of peasants refusing to pull themselves up by their bootstraps, <laughs> and are instead complaining about what they don't have. All this, I wish, I wish, I wish. Cinderella is sad and picked on. Jack and his mom are poor with a milkless cow, and the baker has no child. Out of these three... I'd take the baker's position. <laughs> oh, and Jack has beans for brains, by the way. You don't get milk from a male cow, Jack. You get a baby cow juice. Drink up, I guess, Jack. It'll oh, help you what? be big and strong. <laughs> so I guess I should, I'm sure people listening to this already know the story, but the three arcs that we follow are Cinderella, Jack, in, from Jack and the Beanstalk, mm -hmm. and I have no idea who the fuck the baker is. That is not a story I'm familiar with. That, if I remember right, is tied into a little bit of the backstory of Rapunzel, if I remember. Like, for sure, the reason why the baker's family is cursed is 100% from the story of Rapunzel. Hmm. But... Okay. Yeah. But yeah, so we have a baker and his wife, Jack and his mom, and then Cinderella and her mm -hmm. stepsisters and horrible stepmother. And the other best character in the show, because she has her story tied into it, too. Little Wait. Red. Oh, and Red. Oh, duh. How could I forget that? And Red. So there's four. Four arcs that we have to deal with. Count them. Four fucking arcs in four sets of main characters that Sondheim decided I had to take notes on. Thanks, Sondi. <laughs> Why do you think when we were talking about it and I mentioned that the three little pigs were originally in it, I threw some shade? <laughs> <laughs> because there was, there's enough. There's, there's enough. enough in if this. If they had gone to Atlantis, would you have been able to follow up with the notes at all? Uh, I could if the, half of the cast drowned along the way. <laughs> if... If, if by act, because act two was a little bit easier to take notes on, I'll say that. <laughs> so, Cinderella wants to go to the king's ball and dance in front of the prince. We all know how that goes. Jack's mom wants him to sell the cow, who is named Milky White. Little Red Riding Hood goes to the baker to get goodies to take to her grandmother's house. Red is a bit of a klepto, <laughs> swiping cookies left and right. Careful, Red, a wolf might have a sweet tooth. After Red leaves the baker's house, the witch from next door shows up to develop the backstory and explain why the baker's wife is barren. Turns out, the baker's father stole veggies from the witch's garden to appease his wife. But as the saying goes, happy wife, 
cursed by life, cursed for life by a pissed off witch who sure <laughs> likes her veggies. Oh, and uh, something about special beans which were stolen. Have they looked in Jack's brain? Pretty sure something's rattling around in his skull. <laughs> After the witch delivers her cackling exposition, she flies off on a chair, as witches are one to do. <laughs> Jack's mom gives him a reality check, saying they have to sell the cow and have uh, 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 and that someday Jack will have a real friend. A piggy, Jack says. Someone just take him out back and send him to Old Yeller already. Oh. <laughs> the witch gives the baker a grocery list of curse-curing items. A cow as white as milk, a cape as red as blood, hair as yellow as corn, and a slipper as pure as gold. All the four different characters' arcs harmonize about how the woods are not scary. They're just trees, which are made of wood and have a bark like dogs or wolves. <laughs> Ow! Will this story turn out, I wonder? <laughs> the narrator talks a bunch, talks about a branch that Cinderella planted at the grave of her mother. But due to how much she cries over it, it has grown and become a mighty tree. Cinderella talks to her mother tree, which turns out to be haunted with the spirit of her mother, who is still looking out for her daughter, and bestows upon her a dress so that she can go to the festival slash ball slash balls of the prince. Uh. <laughs> a random old guy shows up to ask about Jack's cow and scoffs at the five pound price of, of it saying that he'd be lucky to trade it in for a sack of beans. Next, Little Red meets a nice hairy man, and since Red never got proper stranger danger training, she spends too much time being serenaded by the wolf, who just wants to talk about her supple, plump flesh. Oh, and the wolf has a dick. An obvious yeah. dick. Yeah. Complete with him hip-thrusting towards the camera yeah. so I can get a good look at his furry dick. This is the worst song. Yay me. Thanks, Sondomizer. That's the worst song in the show, and it, you can see why. It is. It is. I had no <clears throat> desire to see the 2014 one. <coughs> Excuse me. I know that the song is supposed to be him, like, wanting to eat her but mm -hmm. it really it really rings of like a pedophile song remember too though that the book that this kind of has a basis in is a bit freudian so i never read any of the original grimm's fairy tales and part of that is because well, so okay. it's not 100 percent based on the grimm's fairy tales it's that book that i told you about the uh uh, I told you about it. At Funny the... thing happened on the way to the woods. No, no, I told you about it in the first half of our show. Um, Sorry, that was an eternity ago. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's 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 a <clears throat> psychoanalysis of fairy tales that I was telling you about. Oh, um, okay, okay, I I do remember you talking about that. Yeah, that's what it's based on. Um, well, still, which, but they. <laughs> They sort of go more into that than uh, the basis of enchantment. That's what it's called. The basis of enchantment? Yes. Um, but, you know, it goes, oh, here's a Freudian analysis of fairy tales. And Little Red kind of leans to rape. Uh, yeah, she does. Okay. And so that's why it's sort of like the wolf's going to rape her. And um, 
I probably not. won't. Yeah, I probably won't change the first half of our episode, peeling back the curtain here, um, because I had forgotten to tell you that the roles are double cast. Um, you did and tell I had me mentioned that during, the, during show. the show. Uh, so the wolf is played by the same actor as Cinderella's prince, which becomes sort of. Oh. They're tied together a bit. That makes sense for later things. Yes, it does. And that's kind of the same as with uh, the granny, uh, Lil Red's granny and Cinderella's mother, and then a character later being voiced by the same person as those two actors, or as that actress, and then uh, the narrator playing another role as well, so... Lots of multicasting. Yes, I, and it's done uh, with a purpose this time, rather than like, hey, we don't have enough people to fill the roles. We don't want to hire more actors. Everyone has two parts. Yes. Yeah, in this case, it was Sondheim going, I have a, I have a plan with this. And he has a like, method to his madness. Method to your genius. The baker is lost in the woods, but luckily his wife shows up to keep him on track. When the baker happens across Jack and Milky White, who wants more money than the bakers have, the baker's wife decides that they need to lie to the young man and swindle him out of his cow. Poor Jack, he sure does love Milky White. Like, Jack... I think my favorite characters are probably Red and Jack, mm -hmm. but for completely different reasons. Yeah. Uh, I love Red because of her sassy attitude and she's fucking crazy <laughs> well well okay we'll talk about that yeah later. uh but jack jack is just so like jack he, he's simple jack he's mm -hmm. simple jack yeah and he loves Happy his jack. cow he loves his cow and he just wants his cow to be his friend he doesn't mm -hmm. care if that if he's starving and they don't have anything to eat his cow is his friend and i'm just like Oh, poor innocent Jack. Poor, dumb as ditchwater Jack. They poor, are great characters. Completely devoid of any brain cells, Jack. But mm -hmm. big ass heart. Yeah. The bakers argue about the morality of lifting a curse by deceit. And the baker wife says, basically, that the ends justify the beans. Ha <laughs> ha. Baker wife takes Milky White back to their house and leaves her idiot husband to his own devices to search for the blood red cape. The narrator takes us to the next scene, which is the witch going to Rapunzel's tower. I guess we know where the golden hair comes from. <laughs> which, there's a twist later. Dun dun dun! Yep. The baker accosts the young red and steals her cape, which makes him look foolish. Red sobs like, well, a little girl at the theft of her cape, and Baker's conscience kicks in and he returns it. He just wanted to make sure that Red really loved her cape. Mm -hmm. That's a line that he has. I just want to make sure you really loved your cape. And then she kicks him in the shin or foot or something. Yeah. Red, after escaping the crazy cape-stealing Baker, arrives at Grandma's house to find that the door is open and she has a nervous stomach, probably from the sweets little piggy red <laughs> falls into a cleverly designed trap and is devoured by the wolf who is posing as her grandmother mm -hmm. the baker comes across the wolf grandma who is in a food coma and decides to gut the wolf freeing both red and her granny who are both alive and in one piece granny is pissed and wants to make sure the wolf gets his comeuppance 
but he's been gutted. So I think the deed is done because she goes into this whole like, no, we'll stuff his belly full of rocks so he can't move. And I'm like, he's been cut open. That's in the fairy tale. Yeah, but he's, once you've been cut open. Yeah. The end. Like, you, no. Like that, that. Some people are sadistic <laughs> as hell, and Granny and Red are kind of sadistic. Well, I mean, to be fair, she did get eaten by the yeah. wolf. But, I mean, he, which he's got like an anaconda jaw, man, just unhinging his jaw. That's how the fairy tale goes. I didn't write it. Swallowing two women whole. I didn't write the fairy tale. I know, I know, but you're the one subjecting it to me, so you are the source <laughs> of my frustration. <laughs> Red sings about her last moments before being devoured by the wolf and how her hood and cape were useless armor against the piercing damage from the wolf's teeth. Red is grateful to the baker for saving them and gives him the cape as a quest reward. <laughs> two down, baker, and two to go. I don't know why you're laughing. You know very well that cloth armor does nothing against piercing damage. Cloth armor does nothing against anything. It's cloth armor. Like, you gotta have at least metal to, you know... I mean, well, then again, piercing is designed to do damage against armor. So if you're oh not wearing God. real armor, piercing damage is gonna do extra damage. I'm sorry, I don't make the rules. That's just... <laughs> that's just how it works. God, you're cute. <laughs> Jack gets home with beans, and Mama is pissed. But as the narrator states, they don't know that the beans will produce a stalk that reaches up to the heavens. The baker's wife runs into Cinderella, who seems to be fleeing the prince for some reason. Excuse me. Baker wife lies to the prince and is like, I ain't seen no woman come running through. Keep walking, your majesty. <laughs> baker wife and Cinderella talk about the ball and how envious of Cinderella the baker wife is. The baker wife notices that Cinderella has golden slippers that she needs to cure the witch's curse and runs after her. Sorry, I kind of mm -hmm. tripped up on my own note. You're fine. So in like that, uh, the baker wife comes across Cinderella who's fleeing. And then she, you know, and she's like, oh, run that way. And then when the prince comes through, she's bowing. She's like, I haven't seen anybody. Ah, and they're like, mm -hmm. okay, we must find her. And then she calls Cinderella back out and the two are talking. And that's when she's like, oh, what lovely shoes. And she like chases after her. She's like, wait, I need those. I need those shoes. Baker wife. Oh, yeah. Ah, that's the note I was just on. <clears throat> Every character in the show pops in to give us an idiom before leaving Jack to his solo. This slotted spoon sure can sing, even if he can't hold soup. <laughs> Apparently he saw a giant, a big, tall, terrible giant who feeds him. So she can't be that horrible. And Jack, and she leads, and she lets Jack motorboat her giant rack for some reason. <laughs> I guess she could tell Jack was a virgin, unless... Hey, Kay, do cows count? Asking for a hypothetical friend. Kay has a shocked look on her face, everybody. After uh, 11 years with me, you would think that I've used up all of her shock face. Uh, I'm just saying, he was really close to that cow. Um... But I did, I did like his line that he had when he was like, <laughs> She picked me up and pulled me close to her breast. And I just imagine this giant being like, Oh, aren't you a cute little thing? And then he's smushed between her giant boobs and just like, I never want to leave. Oh, and this is the part of the show where I deliver my public service announcement. Attention all tone-deaf listeners. Giants are real and they live in the sky. Do with this information what you will. 
I recommend grabbing the nearest firearm if you live in the USA and shooting wildly into the sky. Jesus Christ. We now return to our regularly scheduled program. This is Kay with Tone Deaf. Please, for the love of God, don't listen to my husband. Jack stole some gold from the Giants and went back to his mom like a good boy. She allowed him to keep five gold coins so that he could buy back Milky White. But the baker said no, because he needs it for his baby-making curse to be lifted. Jack misinterprets it as, I want more money! And Jack runs off to find more gold so that he can be reunited with his Milky White. The baker's wife shows up to be like, I lost the cow. I'm sorry. The witch shows up and threatens the bakers again by shocking the baker's balls to remind him of what's at stake. <laughs> like every time she's like, you know yeah. what's at stake. He's just like, oh, like he's been hitting the nuts. Mm -hmm. And it's a it's, it's testicle humor, but it's great every time it happens. Yep. The prince, uh, the princes, plural, both princes, because I didn't know there were two until this point, meet up in the woods to talk about the prospective booties they're chasing. One wants Rapunzel, the other wants Cinderella. The two sing battle to each other about who is suffering more agony, misery, over what's out of reach. I know that's not right. Get off my nuts. <laughs> The princes conclude their I want a girlfriend song and depart. The baker's wife is ready to approach the princes for a good old uh, royal spit roast, but decides she has best go after the golden haired girl. <laughs> she runs into Jack's mom. Your legitimate gasp of shock made that joke worth it whether or not it makes the cut <laughs> i almost know richard is gone <laughs> he will not be forgotten he lives on within all of us see initially i was gonna say uh get a good old royal eiffel tower jesus christ <laughs> but <laughs> i decided to go with the more classy spit roast because this is a cultured show. <laughs> so, uh, the baker's wife runs into Jack's mom, who is like, have you seen my dumbass son? He's an idiot, but he stumbled across gold in the clouds after climbing a beanstalk. <laughs> the baker finds Milky White and rushes off, leaving the old man who's shown up a few times to talk to the witch and be like, I'm here to make amends, revealing to me and my very good smart brain that this old man is the baker's father who stole the witch's veggies and made the curse happen in the first place. Fuck, there are a lot of characters and arcs to keep track of in this show. Baker wife finds Rapunzel's tower and tricks her into letting down her hair. Baker wife slices off a scarf's worth of hair and rushes off before running into Cinderella who is fleeing the prince. Apparently, Cinderella is worried that her true identity will make the prince not love her and that she will be out of place. I need to make a correction. Oh. Her hair was not sliced. It was pulled. Oh. <laughs> that shit was pulled out. That's even worse. Yeah. That's even fucking worse. Like, oh, God. God, she pulled out so much hair, there's probably a chunk of scalp attached to yeah. it. Yeah. Jesus. Okay. Thank you, Kay, for keeping me honest. 
The prince is, you know, the prince shows up and Cinderella rushes off, followed by the prince and Cinderella's sisters and stepmother. Baker shows up and sees his wife, who is like, hey, I have the corn hair, now we just need the slipper. We have one day to do it, and I want my damn curse-free baby. <laughs> and the baker sings about how he was wrong and that his wife has come through for him. Baker wife seems to be preheating the baby oven, if you get my drift, <laughs> as she's getting uh, fire lit in her baby maker by the new man her husband has become. And the mood is enhanced by him giving her a flower. The two of them are going to bang like a drum. <laughs> no! Jack shows up and has a golden egg from the goose he stole from the giants. And he demands Milky White back as he's paid a substantial amount for his friend. The shock of all the back and forth kills poor Milky White. Or old age. Rip, Moo Moo. Rip. The bakers argue about who is at fault, kinda, and they decide to divide and conquer. Baker goes to get a new cow, and wife goes to get the golden slipper. The witch confronts Rapunzel over her prince scapades and how she was planning to leave to be with her prince. The witch sing begs to Rapunzel to Rapunzel for her. The witch sing begs to Rapunzel for her to stay with her isolated in the tower with no stairs or doors hey uh a thought you two are talking while in the woods if the only means of accessing the tower is rapunzel's hair how do you plan on getting the two of you back in the tower is there a secret passage that you could use instead of trying to break rapunzel's neck every time you come home or can you levitate like you did at the Baker's. Or, <laughs> shit, the witch cut off all of Rapunzel's hair while I was speculating. That's rude. <laughs> so, she sings to her, you know, like, I can't remember exactly what happens in that scene, because she sings to her, like, stay with me, the world is dangerous, you don't mm -hmm. know what's out there. And then Rapunzel, like, falls into her arms, you know, and is like, oh, I'm sorry, mother. And then she's like, you need to learn your lesson. And then she cuts yeah. off her hair. yeah. That's that's pretty much what happens. Okay, just making sure. It's, it's like the fairy tale because, uh, yeah, the fairy tales are fucked up, man. Yes, they are. Oh hey, it's Baker, and he's totally not revealed dad. Who asks the riddle? When is the cow? When is a white cow not a white cow? And the baker is like, "What the fuck are you on, bro?" <laughs> the old man laughs and is like, "Go buy a cow," and throws the baker some money. Jack approaches Red, who is sporting a snazzy new wolfskin cape and a knife, and pulls it on Jack. Understandably so, she was eaten alive by a wolf after all. She now has a healthy amount of stranger danger. Jack shows off his hen that lays golden eggs, and Red is like, Bitch, please, that egg did not come out of that hen. Where did you really get it? Jack is like, There are giants in the clouds who have a magic harp that plays the most beautiful music without anyone needing to touch it. Red is understandably skeptical, but I don't get why. Just today, she's had a conversation with a wolf who ate her whole, and she was cut out of the wolf completely unharmed. A giant in the sky with a hen that lays golden eggs seems only slightly more strange. <laughs> 
The prince went back for another tower booty call with Rapunzel, but the witch cast a level 5 cock block on him and knocked the prince into a thorny bush where he was blinded. Tough break, bro. Cinderella comes on moments after the prince rushes. <laughs> wow, I my uh punctuation there was a little interesting. Cinderella comes on moments after the prince rushes off and she sings about how she feels mixed up and that she wants to be there but she feels she doesn't belong and she's worried that the prince won't really love her and that asshole put pitch on the stairs with the express purpose of catching women man rich people are crazy fucking people by cinderella but cinderella in her haste left one of her shoes Wow, I was typing so goddamn fast. There is all sorts of autocorrect spelling errors in here that I'm having to like oh, try no. and recorrect. Recorrect, and my brain as I'm reading it. What were you gonna say? Uh, no, never mind. Okay. Uh, just remind me about pitch later. I will try. If you don't already have that in your notes, that is. Uh, I do later because it's important. Awesome. Baker wife tracks down Cinderella and begs for the shoe and offers a bean in exchange. Cinderella is like, bitch, no, I've already lost one shoe. My feet cannot handle this. Baker wife offers to trade her shoes so that she can run faster away from the prince of her dreams. The princess, uh, no, the prince's uh, henchman, who I learned later is the steward, mm -hmm. uh, snatches the shoe from Baker wife. But the prince is like, I coated the stairs in goo, so we have a shoe. Let the poor peasant have their golden shoe. To which there is there is much rejoicing on part of the bakers, mm -hmm. because I think that concludes and they have all of their, their yes. stuff. Well, we think so. Um, a massive crash happens. <laughs> and Jack's mom comes that running looks into the like a goddamn seismograph, babe. <laughs> and Jack's mom, I'm a man of many talents. And mm -hmm. Jack's mom comes running onto the scene and is like, holy God, a giant fell out of the fucking sky. <laughs> the witch shows up and is like, where's my shit, you bakers? The bakers are like, here's your odd assortment of shit. Good, <laughs> cries the witch. Now feed it to the cow. <laughs> what, says everyone in the fucking world? <laughs> Just do it, cries the witch. <laughs> they feed the cow the slipper, the cape, and the hair, and attempt to milk her, to no avail. And that's after she brings Milky White back to life, because... Oh, that's right, because they bring the one cow in, and then she, like, smacks the cow. It's a cow covered in flour! Mm. Yeah. Well, our other cow died. Well, I can bring it back to life. I'm a witch, guys. I didn't know resurrection played a part in witch's power. It's a level 8 spell, but she had a long rest after... Doing the cock block spell, so. Level 8's really powerful. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, feed the cow, no avail. Uh, turns out they gave wrong ingredients because Baker Wife took Rapunzel's hair for the golden corn hair, which uh, the witch has touched. And apparently the magic rules say that that is a no-no. They feed the cow the corn instead and for some reason are able to milk it. Because of the corn silk. That doesn't, but they said hair. That's like that's a type hair, of hair, hair the and... color. Like I thought that that was the stupidest plot hole, like like loop, like plot loop in that. It's anyway, fairy tale anyway, logic. It's, exactly, exactly. It's fairy tale logic. We have beans that grow stalks and harps that play themselves, 
and princes who mack on sleeping women. So <laughs> what else is, is odd in this world? Okay, anyway. Uh, wrong ingredients. Okay, so the witch drinks the milk and transforms into her former self, which was hot. Mm -hmm. uh, Jack and his mom are rich on account of all the gold Jack stole from the giants. The prince is looking for the maiden who fits the golden slipper, and in desperation, the evil stepmother mutilates her daughters in an attempt to make their feet fit the slipper. But blood is a thing, and the prince notices. Cinderella is eventually found to be the one who fits the slipper, and at her wedding to the prince, birds fly down and peck out the eyes of the stepsisters. So I apologize to anybody listening to this show who has never seen Into the Woods because they're going, <laughs> Warren is just bouncing all over the place. He, there's, there's no rhyme or reason to what's going on. Yeah, that's the show. That's the show. I'll tell you what. You go watch it and and, and, re and be like, yeah, I could have taken better notes. Watch the Bernadette Peters one. Don't watch the 2014 one. The, because... It was really good. Yeah. Like, it was a really good production. Yeah. Okay. Rapunzel apparently got knocked up by the blinded prince and had to give birth to twins by herself and was wandering around in the desert singing as single mothers in fairy tales are one to do. The blinded prince finds her via her voice and Rapunzel's tears cure his blindness, which is a convenient plot device. The witch, shows, <laughs> the witch shows up and is like, come on, come live with me, Rapunzel. We can be happy like we once were. Rapunzel is like, Fuck off, you crazy bitch! I have a handsome prince and two children. I kind of have my hands full, and I can't deal with any of your bullshit right now. The witch gets pissed and tries to cast a spell. But she's beautiful now. Her magic doesn't work. Hey, Kay, would you rather have magic powers but look like you fell out of an ugly tree and hit every <laughs> branch on the way down than the tree fell over on your face? Or would you rather keep your beauty and have no powers? Hmm. There's got to be a middle ground. No, I, I want the ability to wiggle my ears, but still look okay. No. No, you, it's, it's all or one. You either get the power to put curses on people so that they're infertile, but you look like you were hit by a truck, hmm. or you just get to keep your, your same pretty self. Hmm. Since you're indecisive, I'm, uh, I'm inserting my male dominance and saying <laughs> that uh, you're just going to keep your pretty face. I mean... I still sit there and go, well, what, what, what class would I be of spellcaster? Like, would, would I be vocation? Would I be transmutation? Would I be... So would you just do transmutation and be like, yeah, I look like sin incarnate, but I'll just cast myself to look like old I K. I cast disguise my... <laughs> I cast disguise self. And look like old K. But then I would go to kiss you and be like, what the fuck is wrong with your face? Are these, are these lips or are these a pig's asshole? Oh, Oh, but, th but, but think about it this way, like having magic powers anytime someone cuts us off in traffic. You know, that might be worth it. I'll just make you wear a paper bag the whole time. <laughs> I'll just draw a face on it. <laughs> Do like in Deadpool. With <laughs> <laughs> Staple a picture to your face in case the bag comes off. Okay. Uh, oh, we damn. are, we are 
just over halfway through my notes, so I should probably keep going. We're so tired. Cinderella is walking with her prince and runs into Baker Wife, who has a bun in the oven thanks to Cinderella's shoe. <laughs> All the cast has gathered together and are singing about how it's happily ever after time, since everyone got what they wanted. Not us, we're blind, say the evil stepsisters, and in the background, a new beanstalk is growing. Up up and up into the sky intermission <laughs> okay we're gonna take since it's intermission in my notes i'm gonna take this moment to drink some water you yeah no you've been talking a lot babe like and it's only intermission <sighs> and that's the bulk of my notes were in yeah the the first part though god damn this show was and difficult to watch and try and type and if you were watching a junior version that is where it would end is which with makes the happily sense. ever after which makes sense because it's all down here from downhill from here folks welcome back from intermission with Kay saying shit's about to get real <laughs> and she actually said that folks yep <laughs> the princess wants a ball jack misses being up in the sky and the bakers wish they had a baby room but they're all pretty content until a vast rumbling shakes the kingdom, knocking the baker's house uh, about, and the witch shows up to be like, holy shit, my garden got jacked up. Was it a bear? A dragon? A griffin? No, bears are sweet. Dragons leave scorch marks, and griffins are extinct. <laughs> a giant, says the baker? Possibly, says the witch, which is bad because giants are smart and will wreck us. We'll have to get an entire army to fight a giant. Baker goes to Jack's house to inquire about any giant-related troubles. Jack and his mom are like, go away! And Baker is like, okay, I'm going to the, to the kingdom to file a complaint. Baker goes to the princess and is like, help, help, a giant, a giant! And the princess is like, we'll look into it. Bye-bye. <laughs> Red comes to get some food for her pilgrimage back to Granny's house and reveals that she's moving in with her granny because her house has collapsed and her mother is missing. Yep. Presumed dead. Yep. Birds show up and tweet to the princess about troubles at her mother's haunted grave tree. They only had 240 characters, though, so it had to be, like, <laughs> broken up into multiple tweets. But there were, like, eight birds. Yeah. So each one of them. So that's, that's a good amount. They were each subtweeting each other. <laughs> and retweeting. I actually have a joke about that. Anyway, uh... <laughs> Baker, the Bakers go with Red to her grandmother's house, cause strength in numbers? Oh, and Jack decides he's going to slay the giant. Good on you, Jack. Rapunzel shows up and is disheveled. I don't see her with her prince, but she runs into her mother and is like, You locked me in a tower for 14 years, blinded my prince, banished me to the desert, and I was forced to bear twins alone. Because of you, I can never be happy. To which the witch says, I was just trying to be a good mother. Rapunzel rushes off, pursued by the non-magical witch. Is she still a witch if she has no powers? Ex-witch. That would have been better. I kept typing non-witch. Ex-witch would have been better. <laughs> the, the Bernadette formerly known as witch. <laughs> oh my god, ex-witch sounds like what happens... If you eat a sandwich and then throw up, you have an X-Witch. It used to be a sandwich, but now it's just an X-Sandwich. It's also exiting your body. 
That's a funny fucking joke. I don't care who you are. Kay is just giving me a disgusted look, but I know you fine listeners out there appreciate the ex-witch joke. Ugh. <laughs> the princes run into each other and are like, women troubles, yeah, women troubles, and how they found new exciting women. Both are asleep, and, <laughs> but one is surrounded by dwarves. <laughs> Yeah, the princes in that scene, like, the princes are both despicable, because it's like, mm -hmm. we have our beautiful people, our beautiful wives that we love, but we're men, and we want more. We want to have mistresses. Stories converge, as the bakers and Red run into the royal steward, and the royals fleeing the castle, which has been beset by the giant. The non-witch rushes into the group, as well as the giant! who turns out to be a woman who is understandably pissed off at Jack for uh, asking for shelter, then stealing from them, then murdering her husband. Mm -hmm. Everyone looks at the narrator and thinks to offer him as a sacrifice to the giant, but the narrator tells them that he is needed to tell the story, but the witch is like, here he is, here's the boy, and thrusts the narrator towards the giantess. Because the is giantess the is nearsighted. Because she's nearsighted and forgot her glasses. But to the giantess, who is like, this is not the boy, and kills the narrator. Jack's mom shows up and is like, you get out of here. Our life has been rough too. Your husband's body was hard to dismember and bury. The royal steward knocks Jack's mom on the back of the head and breaks her skull, which results in killing her. Jack's mom is dead. The giantess is not happy and steps on Rapunzel. The non-witch is very upset with the death of her daughter. Daughter? Adopted daughter? Abductee? And she sings about how no matter what you say, children won't listen or learn from your wisdom. Trying to guide them, they still won't listen. Maybe you should try uh, socializing them instead of keeping them locked away in a tower that is only accessible by you pulling on their fucking hair to climb up. The royal family flees... Uh, sorry, the royal family leaves, fleeing to a secret kingdom that peasants are not allowed to know about. Red and the bakers are left with the non-witch, who comes to almost blows with Red over whether or not they should track down Jack and give him to the giantess. Red is against it, but the non-witch is for. Sorry. I got a pain in my side. Everyone splits up to find either Jack or help with killing the giantess. Baker wife runs into Cinderella's prince, who is a creep and Max on the uh -huh. baker's wife. He's taken with how brave she is. And of course, anything can happen in the woods, like infidelity or death via crushing. The prince keeps kissing Baker wife and she keeps falling for him, then being like, no, 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 I... I shouldn't. But the prince is not used to women denying his charms, and he scoops her up in his arms and walks off screen. Fuck you both. Baker mm -hmm. rushes into Cinderella, who is grieving at her mother's broken grave tree. The baker is like, yo, there's a giant wrecking shit. And Cinderella is like, I'm sure the prince will deal with it. Nah, he's likely cheating on the princess. Wait. You look like the princess, but dirty. Holy shit, you're the princess. I'm so sorry. I'm sure your husband is a faithful man and is totally not shoving his tongue down my wife's throat. <laughs> Baker is able to convince Cinderella to come with him, 
as there is safety in numbers as well as a higher kill combo potential for the giants. <laughs> oh, hey. Kill him and <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. Oh, hey. <laughs> Multi-kill. Oh, hey. Cinderella's prince grew bored of Frenching the baker's wife and decides to leave her, leaving her holding her hairnet. Wondering what the fuck just happened. Mm-hmm. Baker wife pulls herself back together and is like, the moment has passed. It's time to leave. But she realizes she's a little lost. The ground rumbles and the earth splits asunder. It's not an earthquake, but the earth splitting shatter, but the earth splitting shatter of the giantess is crushing the unfaithful Baker's wife. And all I have to say is toe jam, bitch. <laughs> Sorry, it's one of my hot buttons. Yeah, no, that was just great. <laughs> the group is together, and Baker is like, I need to go find my wife. But the non-witch is like, look who I found, bringing Jack along. Baker sees that Jack has an article of clothing belonging to his wife. Jack gives him the sad news that Baker wife is dead, crushed by a tree and buried in a footprint. The group is pointing fingers at each other. It's your fault for trading my cow for beans. It's your fault for stealing the gold. It's your fault. It's your fault. It's your fault. They all try to blame the non-witch who is like, bitches, it's the last midnight and we're all fucked. The <laughs> last witch, the, oh, sorry, the non-witch had the last bit of magic in her and leaves one last curse upon everyone before poofing. I had asked Kay, I was like, did she just die just then and it's implied that she just vanishes mm -hmm. but the way that she screams it almost sounded like she was melting i was like is this wizard of oz what the fuck just happened <laughs> like... one more story to shove in here <laughs> yeah no kidding and and uh, the witch leaves everyone after poofing everyone has a bit of self-awareness and is like this could have been prevented jack is like my wife oh, wait this could have been prevented. Jack is like, my wife is dead. My Well, okay, I guess I did that right. I did that wrong. Uh, Baker is like, my wife is dead. Life means nothing. And tries to leave. But Cinderella is like, hey, douche, your kid. What about your kid? Baker tells her, you touched it last. It's yours. And leaves. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> Baker runs into his father, who we thought was killed in the first act. But he's like, I'm only a little dead. I'm all right, though. Baker Dad tries to instill some fatherly wisdom in his son and tries to give him the man-up speech. The father and son patch things up and, oh, Baker Dad just runs off again. Good. Good father there. Good to see he's learned his lesson. Well, he's, he's a ghost dad. He's, he's mostly dead. As a ghost dad. The fuck does that mean? Mm-hmm. They just say he's mostly dead. The fuck does that mean, Sondheim? Eh, fairy tale logic. You wrote this shit. Explain, Sondheim. 90-year-old fucker. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You old non-dick working fucker. Baker sings, the children. Won't someone please think of the children? To which Cinderella shows up and is like, here, take your little piss, your little pant pisser. <laughs> Cinderella's birds show up and give her the day's tweets and retweets, letting her know that the print that her prince is a dirty cheat. Cinderella is like, I don't care. We need to find a way to kill the giantess. 
The birds chirp something to her, and she's like, Oh my god, you can do that? Thank you! Leaving us in suspense as to what act of avian aid are you offering? But not red. She's like, what the fuck? You can talk to birds? <laughs> That's the best line in the whole fucking show. Don't act surprised, red. You were talking to a wolf in act one. The team quickly hatches a plan. Get the pitch. Set a trap. Giantess gets stuck. Birds peck out her eyes. Then Baker and Jack will climb a tree and strike. Pitch is the greatest way at catching a girl. <laughs> so, so if, if you're single and you're trying to figure out how to get a girlfriend, just put some pitch down and catch what sticks. Rap, that's your girlfriend now. Pigeon, that's your girlfriend now. Howdyful boyfriend, howdyful girlfriend. This is Warren from Tone Deaf saying, don't abduct women using pitch to <laughs> ensnare them. The team, okay, I read that. Team quickly hatches a plan. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> they hatch a plan because the birds help. <laughs> hey, hey, you're walking on eggshells, lady. <laughs> Baker leaves his baby with Cinderella while they go off to get the pitch for the plan. Cinderella's prince shows up and is like, My dear, why are you filthy and holding a baby? Cinderella tells him, You're a cheating cheater who cheats! To which the prince is like, I was raised to be charming, not sincere. Cinderella tells him off and the prince leaves. Red shows up and is like, The plan is almost ready! But I feel bad. I think my grandmother and mother would be disappointed in the fact that I'm about to murder somebody. Cinderella tells her, very sweetly, your mother can't guide you now, and that you're alone, so woman up and get ready to kill us a murderous monster. <laughs> Jack and Baker are in the tree, waiting for the giantess, and Jack is like, Mama will be so happy that I killed a giantess. And Baker is like, dude, your mom is dead, killed by the royal steward, who hit her on from behind and got a sneak attack bonus, dealing guaranteed critical damage, which resulted in a bleed status effect on your mom, and in her elderly state, her constitution was already low, and she could not shake the blow. Holy shit. Jack is like, I'ma kill the fuck out of the steward when we're done killing the fuck out of the giantess. The entire group then sings about how no one is really alone, and how things will come out alright if they can make it so. The giantess shows up and is diverted to the trap. Jack and Baker are able to fell the giantess from the tree. The giantess comes crashing down, and the ghosts of characters past come on stage to be like, We did! Here's some wisdom! Because that's basically what they do. They just come on stage and they give, like, parables, not parables, uh, uh, idioms. Mm -hmm. They just come on stage and give idioms, and then... The slotted spoon can catch the potato. Yeah, like, stuff like that. Because she's like, slotted spoon doesn't catch soup, but it can catch a potato. The surviving characters, Baker... Baker Baby, Cinderella, Jack, and Red all decide to move into the Baker's house, since his is the only structure still standing. <laughs> Baker takes up the mantle of narrator at the behest of his ghost wife and relates and uh, uh, regales the story to his baby while the non-witch sings about how children listen, so be careful what you say, the wish you make, the path you take, the beans you plant, the wolves you talk to, the princesses you kiss, and the giants you rob. All wise morals, I think, our listeners will appreciate. Into the woods, 
Let's see, the Into the Woods song is reprised by the ghosts, by the ghost characters from both past and present, and it's official that everyone is insane due to the stress of the ordeal. But luckily, the shared hallucination ends right in time for the curtain call. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ, was that a lot of notes for this goddamn episode. Holy shit. I was not properly uh, warned. No, I was. No, you were not. And I feel bad for that because I was so you, like. You should feel I was, bad. I was sitting there like, okay, Warren wants me to sing and stuff so i need to i need to do something creative and then i was like oh well i'll i'll remember partway through writing the script for the opening to warn him and then i just forgot to warn you you know if i get to listen to you sing i'm okay. fine with that okay i'm fine with that yeah i will say uh children will listen is probably one of my favorite songs like the the whole final part of that, just the uh, careful the plans you make, children will listen. Da 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 da. da. Um, I I just I really like that, and the first time that I saw it, I did get a little bit teary eyed with it, just because it was one of those like, oh, that's really good, like lyrics and really good lesson there and um especially because this is sort of a small cast of people but if you have really good singers then it can make it feel like it's a larger cast than what you've got and so i will tell you though when we got to i i was not sure how i thought we were further into the show than we were <laughs> because it hits intermission and i'm like oh god we're only halfway through this <laughs> and i had been just furiously clackety 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 clack the whole time mm -hmm. um it's a good show though it's mm -hmm. a good show though holy crap it's a little it's a little much to have that many main characters with yeah. stories that are crisscrossing and being interwoven and uh mm -hmm. this 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 is the musical equivalent of an unlaced shoe that needs to be laced and then tied up in the end. Mm -hmm. Like, oh my god. Sondheim. Holy, holy shit. Uh, Sondomizer has sondomized my brain. I have been thoroughly sondomized. Oh my god. I, I still don't know. I mean, we're we're skirting the edge with the Poppin' Pussies shirt. <laughs> I don't know if Sondomizer... <laughs> That's okay. I'll just that'll just be my thing then. I'll just say Sondomizer. I mean, we maybe we can figure something out that's I don't know. I don't know. Ugh. I don't know. We'll see. But yeah, so I'm glad you like this one. I do. It it's it's yeah, it's a really good one. I was telling you uh cuz I have Into the Woods stuck in my head. Mhm. Mm and uh what was the other one? Uh, uh you know it is Into the Woods. The woods are just trees. The trees are just woods. No need to be afraid there. There's something in the glade there. So I'm thinking I'm going to have to listen to the uh, the the music at work come uh, come uh, come the next work day. I'm slowly converting you. <laughs> hey, it doesn't mean I'll remember Jack or shit. I mean, I will remember Jack yeah. because he's part of shit. <laughs> so Jack is a given. 
Um, it's it's funny though how other than Urine Town, the only shows that you've been like, hey, I want to listen to the soundtrack at work, have been Sondheim shows. Well, I guess true. I did listen to Sweeney Todd. Well, it's not that it's the only one I want to listen to. Um, that you remember to listen to yeah. after. I, I, I think what might be fair to say also is that the more we've been doing this, mm-hmm. uh, the show, the more I am appreciating musicals. And mm-hmm. so then in my own time, I'm like, I think I want to listen to this. Yeah. And I I like Sondheim shows a lot just because they, I don't know, they, they're more than just the music. Like... The music and the story are so integral to each other, and the music, like, using the music plus the lyrics plus the book of the musical, it's just all tied in, so, I don't know, I I like Sondheim stuff, probably. I've been impressed with his stuff. Yeah. I'm trying to think, so... Sweeney Todd and Into the Woods. Those are the only two Sondheim songs. Uh, West Side Story, and technically. West Side Story. Yeah. Even though that was like his first one that he, mm-hmm. he had a hand in, but isn't really considered a Sondheim? It is. Okay. It is. It's just, it's more of like a collaboration of all these greats and future greats with, with, uh. <laughs> with greats for the time as well as fledgling greats who are coming into their own. Yep. That Roger, or that, uh, not Rogers, uh, that Oscar Hammerstein just sort of pushed out of the nest going, fly, my little Sondheim, fly, then he spread went, your wings. Then he went, I'm going to make overly wordy musicals that will make uncultured swine struggle to keep up. <laughs> and then he cackled manically as he flew off. He saw into the future and saw Warren sitting at the couch typing furiously. <laughs> Bloody fingers. <laughs> Type. Type! Type! My note-taking angel of... Oh, wrong. Wrong, <laughs> wrong composer. Um, Cats are not dogs, and Andrew Lloyd Webber is not <laughs> I mean, I can see, kind of, because you've got these two greats, I can kind of see why you would think Webber wrote no. You're, yeah, I was just going to say, you're just trying to rationalize in your head why you married me. It's okay. It's okay, Kay. That cute face. You make me smile. That butt. <laughs> then she mouthed something else, but I won't say <laughs> what it was. Um, the show was really good. Boy, I feel like I have been through an ordeal, though. Yeah. Because it is, it's not a sad ending, it is a. It's an ending. It's a. It's, it's dark. I don't know if I want to say it's a dark ending or if it is a. I don't know. I don't know. It's like a whole. I don't. I don't know. I really don't know how to describe mm-hmm. the ending for this, because it ends and there's like this. Faint twinkle of hope on the mm-hmm. horizon because it's like we've just been through this whole ordeal there's people who are survivors it's like yeah these, these uh characters have been through this terrible ordeal and they've come out on the other side they're like we are a family now like all yeah. of us together are a family now as as he says uh the light is getting dimmer i think i see a glimmer at the towards the very end so that's one of the lyrics so it's like 
shit sucks, but hey, there's, there's a glimmer of hope. We're not all dead. You're not dead. <laughs> I'm not dead yet. We're getting better. Um, but yeah, I'm so glad that you like this one. Um, we'll do the 2014 one at some point. I thought about doing it next, and then I remembered it was No Theme November. <laughs> we don't want to turn No Theme November into Accidental Sondheim Month. Yes. Because, no, I legit was sitting here like, okay, let's do Sunday in the... Nope. Let's do... Nope. Nope. <laughs> Can't do that one. Can't do that... Damn it. So, um... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, God. So the next time... We do a Sondheim show. I'm gonna say, prepare to get sondimized. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! Oh god! Did our listeners enjoy tonight's sondimizing? Oh Jesus! Do you look forward to future sondimizing? Oh god! Sondheim will be here on Tone Deaf, a theater nerd's guide for their musically challenged spouse. Who is also, 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 a filthy swine. <laughs> so, are you excited to know what's next? Is it an Atlantis musical? No. Is there an Atlantis musical? Mm, don't think so. No. Oh. Though that's a challenge for someone, not Disney. <laughs> Disney, <coughs> keep, your, keep your grubby hands... Away from Broadway. You've already done too much. Disney has too much power. They do. You know what, Weber? I I rag on you, but I think that you need to you need to uh, claim your territory. Take Sondheim with you. You guys claim your territory on Broadway. Tell Disney you can't show up here. Oh no, because if they try to do that, the mouse will just kidnap them and sondomize them all. In the basement of the Disney castle. Ah! What's your problem now, Weber? <laughs> you know, there's... <laughs> God damn. Ugh. Do you want to know what we're doing next? I would love to know what we're doing next, my darling. So, I, I had to kind of like weigh and balance which show we were gonna do next because it was between a couple and i've decided on flower drum song because it's still available on prime video <laughs> and i don't want them to take it off and then us not be able to watch it <laughs> fair because it's not a show that's done much and you'll find out why oh god oh no is Okay, answer me these questions three, Kay. <laughs> Is it hyper-racist? <sighs> That's a yes. Is it, does it end incredibly sad? No. 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 That's a yes. Um... God damn it, those are really the two important questions that I wanted to ask. It's it's one of those shows that didn't age well. <laughs> that for the time, because it's Rodgers and Hammerstein. 
and they try really hard to be good for the time, but it still wasn't. God damn it. Not Rogers. Uh, I get Rogers and Hammerstein mixed up with another duo. Uh, Lerner and Lowe. Gilbert and Sullivan. Gilbert and Sullivan. Thank you. Because Pirates of Penzance is Gilbert and Sullivan. Yes. Okay. I know that the King of I is, uh, King and I is, uh, uh, God damn it, we were just talking about them. It's that curse from the witch. It's that fucking curse from the witch. Your great-grandfather shouldn't have built that windmill. God damn it, but that's what he was known for in California's, apparently. California's. <laughs> you know, like the Carolinas and the Dakotas, the California's. North California, South California. Uh... <laughs> Fuck Central. <laughs> Don't really. <laughs> oh. Are we slap happy or what? Oh, God. This was a long one. But, yeah. Uh, we're we're going to do Flower Drum Song. I, oh, God. I wish you guys could see the look on Kay's face. Uh, they gave me a smile and a thumbs up, but I could see the... Not excitement behind their eyes. It's not their best. At all. But it's also not their worst. Rogers and Hammerstein. That's it. There we go. <laughs> You've already seen their worst. I have? What was it? Carousel? Mm-hmm. I have a feeling Rodgers and Hammerstein might be my least favorite duo. Because, yeah, just, I mean, they did Carousel. And then we're going to do this flower drum whatever that obviously is going to have things that's going to make me pissed off. And, yeah, so that's, that, yeah, right there, right there. <laughs> Some people should not be allowed to do theater. I'm just... <laughs> They've done ones you've liked. Which ones? Sound of Music. Well. <laughs> yeah, but anybody who does an anti-Nazi show, I'm gonna like. Yeah, so it, it's one of those, uh, except for Carousel, they try to be... They try to be as good as they can for the time. It just still doesn't age well, because for the time just means, hey, these people are people. <laughs> For the time means well. These are the these are the uh, these are the verbs and nouns that are appropriate to adjectives. Yeah. That's what I was thinking about. Adjective. God damn it, my brain. You're fine. No, it's it's think, tired in here. I think my brain has turned to wood. <laughs> what you're gonna call me a dickhead? Thank you guys so much <laughs> for listening to Tone Diff this week. <laughs> I apologize if I was a little off the rails more than normal. <laughs> oh, this whole episode was off the rails. I'm just still reeling from the editing that I'm going to have to do for this one. Jesus. Well, this is awesome, though. Oh, man. So, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, if you want to follow us, you can follow us on Twitter, on Facebook, and now on Instagram at Tone Deaf Musical. You can also check out our awesome website that Kay made, which is tonedeafmusical.com. So if you don't have 
any type of social media or any kind of like Spotify's or anything like that or Podchasers, but you want to listen to our show, we have a central hub where you can enjoy Kay's melodic voice and Warren's adorableness. And that's a word, I think. It maybe. is now because I said so. <laughs> Uh, we actually have merch now. Uh, we have stickers and shirts. From our uh, <laughs> Sweeney Todd episode. So if you want to sport a uh, Poppin' Pussies and Pies t-shirt or with sticker. Pie, with a Puss and Pie? Is that what you're calling I, him? I have named the cat Puss and Pie. Yeah, I, I did a little doodle of Puss and Pie and showed Warren and was like, does this look good? <laughs> It's Puss and Pie. It's Puss and Pie. So his flavor, in case you're wondering, is Meowberry. Yep. So, uh, yeah, did, we've we've got the uh, Poppin' Pussies and Pies shirt and stickers. Um, we are not liable if you wear the shirt to work, <laughs> and then get in trouble. <laughs> if people at your work don't have a sense of humor, then fuck them. Any other housekeeping, my dear? Let's see. Uh, join the Podcast Junkie Discord yes! server. Yes! Join the Podcast Junkie Discord server. Kay will have a link in the description of our show. Yep. And that place is awesome. We have our own channel there. Come by, say hi. Uh, we can talk about musical... St- well, you can talk about musical stuff with mm-hmm. Kay, and I will attempt to keep up like I <laughs> do with other people. Or we can just talk about random stuff. Yep. It's a awesome community and uh, full of awesome, cool, great people. And uh, I'm super glad that Kay discovered it and that we have been welcomed there. And I want to thank uh, Zach, different Zach than the one that runs Podcast Junkie. Though I also want to thank that Zach, too. I want to thank both Zachs. Double Zach. (laughs) Both Zach Ald, because he created this amazing community of the Podcast Junkie uh, server. Um, And also um, a different Zach, who is the one who introduced me to that server, uh, from one of the Adventure Zone servers because oh, yeah okay. so that was so thank you both Zachs thank you Zach and Zach um, so Zach attack the Zach attack um, and then uh, yeah I just we we love hanging out on there and if you want to discover other podcasts it's a really great network um, we've finally caught up on. The podcast Sage and Savant, which I highly recommend. That's a audio drama that's steampunk and awesome. And ah, uh, and um, there's also Pomegranates and Pitchforks. Private Island presents Up All Night. There's a newer one out that uh, is Me, My Demon, and I. That's really funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's there's just there's a lot of really there's, good shows. There's a lot of really good shows out there, you guys. I have barely and, scratched the service because the service the surface. Because it's a little daunting with how many shows are out there. But all the people there are so friggin' nice, guys. Mm -hmm. So join that Discord server. Um, If you want to go above and beyond and support the show, you can join our Patreon. Uh, It's Tone Deaf Musical um, on Patreon.com. And we are going to try and get our Oil of Olay episode up soon. Uh, Things got kind of crazy towards the end of the month so it didn't get up but it will get up <laughs> god damn it god damn it i walked right into that one <laughs> uh, i prefer if you backed up into it Jesus. <laughs> that'll be it for this week <laughs> i'm kidding
<laughs> I'm Warren. This has been Tone Deaf.